It is 9.39 and time for Master Gardener. Not, not Gardening with Barb today, it's Gardening with Norla. Gardening with Norla today. Norla Hess is Harvey Hess's sister who we had last week and of course both big gardeners. Good morning, Norla. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. It's good to see you now. So you and Harvey, obviously brother, sister, grew up together um, in where? On a farm. On a farm by? St. Clair. St. Clair. So you were both Master Gardeners, which is, is kind of neat that you uh, same family not a lot of people can say they've got several master gardeners in a family so what was it that about your childhood growing up that made you decide you wanted to pursue this obviously into your late years my mother had a large garden we ate a lot of vegetables she canned a lot I never learned how but she canned a lot and so and flowers she loved flowers and I've always loved flowers any kind of flowers and so when I retired, I... Because uh, you're a retired nurse, just so people yes. know, nurse educator, right? Yes. Yeah. So then I heard about Master Gardener class, and and, uh, and it was going to be in Mankato. So that was really nice. So I called Harvey, and I said, would you like to go? Oh, he didn't know. Oh, oh okay. So yeah. you, did you take it at the same time? Yeah. I said, I'll pay for your tuition. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll go. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah, he liked it, too. And so you been doing that since when that you actually became a master gardener well I've been retired 18 years so most of that time okay all right well I know our friend Barb Lamson has been one for like over 35 years or Mm -hmm. something so she's been a long time but uh, you have certain areas of interest I know that are different than than other master gardeners which is one of the cool things we share ideas and and with others who maybe have a little more expertise I know one of your areas of interest is herbs Talk a little bit about some of the herbs and, and raising some of the different herbs. That's one I don't do much of. So chat a little bit about how, how hard is it? Um, do you raise perennial herbs, uh, just annual herbs, or what? I raise annual herbs. I got started because, oh, I had a niece that's really into baking and cooking, and she wanted, did I raise basil? And I said, well, I, I hadn't raised basil. So well, then I found out. There's many kinds of basil, so I started with one, the general nice sweet one, and big leaves, and then, oh, there's a lemon basil, and there's a mini basil, and there are purple basil, and I'm not really into cooking a lot with those things. I just like the looks of the plants, so I have a ramp in front of my house, and I have a series of pots of of herbs going up the steps, so I have no reason for not just opening the door and snipping off pieces, but... I mostly look at them. Well, have you found any harder or easier to grow than the others? I I basically grow in the ba- the sweet basil, which is the one that everybody thinks of, for for the most part. Mm-hmm. I give them I give them away to my nieces and who do like to cook and do different things. And I um, I've tried most kinds of. Bi- uh, I don't like cilantro, so I don't grow that one. I tried it once. Oh, you do know there's a thing. <laughs> there is a genetic thing for some people. I can't remember the percent, but. Some people have some genetic thing where cilantro to them tastes terrible mm-hmm. and others don't. Now, I love cilantro, and I read that that there's something genetically that makes some people just hate it. Mm-hmm. So you must have whatever that is. I must have that. I, I've gone to cooking classes at the St. Peter Co-op, and they'll have things with cilantro in, and I pick around it, and I give the sample to my niece who will go, <laughs> I go with, and she eats the rest. <laughs> Uh, this year I've I have well I've tried many kinds I've got rosemary and thyme and all the usual kinds of things sage, um, dill, 
um, chives, that kind of thing. Well, chives are annuals. Chives are probably the easiest thing. Now, th- those are perennial. Those, those come are, back. they can be perennial. I'll find a space for those this year because oh. I've started a new. Well, I don't mine have just one. keep coming up, so I must have the the perennial ones, and they start to spread too. Mm-hmm. So yes, but um, I remember my mother had them. And she planted them once, and they were there for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other herbs are you? Well, I have a little challenge this year to grow lavender for another master gardener who wants some for a community garden she's volunteering at. And I said, well, I haven't grown it before, but I'd like to try. And so she brought me her packet of seed. And when I mentioned it to my sister in Florida, she immediately looked it up on the Internet and said, you have to put these in a cool refrigerator for a month before you plant them. The seeds, yeah. The seeds. So I did that, and so it's. I'm waiting for them to, you know, germinate. I haven't seen anything yet, but then I was planting other seeds, and so I I did a six pack of seeds straight from the package because the package didn't say anything about cold stratification. Yes. So we'll see if it comes up or not. Well, you know, I. I've uh, had a neighbor across the street who wanted to plant lavender. She was from down further south and, of course, where it's more prevalent. And there were no hardy types of lavender here. But there is a new variety that has developed that is hardy for our area. So the one you were probably planting is more of using it as an annual than a perennial, correct? I think it's mostly as an annual. Okay. And yeah. it smells lovely. And, and you can make, I think, teas and things. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to... T- I just looked it up quick here. The cilantro gene, it's called. So it says... The dislike may come down to a simple preference, but for those cilantro haters for whom the plant tastes like soap, the issue is genetic. These people have a variation in a group of olfactory receptor genes that allow them to strongly perceive the soapy-flavored aldehydes in cilantro leaves. So so now you have an excuse. I have a real good excuse. <laughs> right. So I must not have that one because I love it. Um, but uh, I uh, just started planting cilantro for the first time. I think it was last year. I got this. You know how sometimes when you go to a store, you can buy seed tapes yes and that means they've basically taken and put it in some some sort of a it looks like toilet paper basically mm-hmm. and then that, that they've sort of glued it'll it. just dissolve yeah and then you put it on the ground and they're spaced all for you and then it dissolves when you water it well i actually made some of my own one year where you just take i think it was i mixed a, was it a little flour and uh, water and then i took these paper towels and i just basically took up a, a little paintbrush and painted the the flower water solution on there and then i spaced my seeds and cut them in strips you know like if it says an inch apart i'd take my seeds put them inch apart and i made my own and then you just take because it's moist and it's got the little flower it holds it together and of course the flower is not harmful to anything mm-hmm. in the ground so it's, you can make your own too but i one last year i bought one it was like in a big circle it had um cilantro it had uh basil and it had parsley so i had this whole big 12 inch uh pot of of herbs so that was that worked out really well now do you use a lot of herbs in your cooking i don't cook okay my <laughs> my you, you just like to look at the plant I'll, I'll tell you what i have been a person that has grown plants I, i'm kind of like you in a way um, when we used to be on the farm and I used to have it for a 4-H project, a lot of times I would grow things because I'd see a picture of it and I'd be, wow, that's really cool, like a kohlrabi. I had no idea what to do with it or how to eat it. I would just grow it and I'd have these giant vegetables. The first time I took a garden box to the fair, 
uh, I, I'd never grown zucchini. I didn't know anything about zucchini. My, my parents didn't either. Well, my zucchini was probably about, oh, <laughs> 18 inches long, you know, and mm-hmm. it was probably, I don't know how many pounds. It was 10 pounds. It was huge. And I was so proud of that thing because I thought, look at how I have such a big zucchini. And I wrapped it in a towel, and I remember carrying it across the fairgrounds to the the building and like it was a baby and I thought oh my my sister and I were like oh this is our little baby and proudly displayed that well I I got a pink ribbon which is a fourth place (laughs) the lowest you can get and I couldn't figure why because these other people's had these zucchinis that were little tiny little tiny and I'm like well what in the world well of course sometimes you learn that bigger isn't always better right (laughs) no So not quite as edible. <laughs> no, right, right. So, so I've I have pl- been known to plant things because, like you, I like the look of mm-hmm. them. But think of how many zucchini breads you could have made from oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and see, that's the thing we didn't know about zucchini breads or things either then. But so I'm like you. There will be times when I grow the herbs because I like the look or mm-hmm. the smell. And you know, sometimes, and maybe you do this too, sometimes the, the smell of certain herbs will repel certain insects or attract certain insects, right. which are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those beetles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, some of the beetles and things. Um, what other things have you been planting now? You, you're primarily vegetables, correct? Yeah. I have some flowers. I have, uh, I have coleus. I plant seeds, coleus too, but mostly I buy, um, small plants, the newest kind of coleus that come out. So last fall, I had about 10 different kinds of coleus. I took slips off every plant. In fact, I took two off every plant because, you know, if you plant two, then for sure one will grow. Well, they all grew. Okay. And so I put a little stem in the water and it gets uh, roots and put it in a small pot, probably a three-inch pot. Well, over the winter, they grew and grew. And they grow quite well inside. I have a sun porch uh, south facing, and they love that spot. And I cut them back once, and the second time was now just a month ago, a couple of weeks ago. But they're so big, they tip over the well, pot. Well, so you can cut more slips off and share with friends then. Yeah, so I have a new set started. <laughs> okay. And I have, and I cut back all the old ones. The old ones now that from last fall. They don't look very good right now, but by the time I plant them out, they will be looking like nice small plants. So, And I know the one thing, and, and you've emphasized this before, with coleus, there are some that are patented. Yes, they are. And so that means that somebody has spent a lot of time and money breeding them, and they have gotten a patent on them, which means you are not to cut slips and make your own, because that's their, their livelihood, mm-hmm. essentially. I don't think they care if you make your own and you keep it. But not to sell. But, yeah, you don't take it to the plant sale or give it to your friends and unless maybe a few years down the road then well sometimes the patents wear out it's it's like kind of a general uh use or something like a song sometimes Mm -hmm. ends up to be yeah and and coleus have come in so many different shapes and sizes and colors and it's um i cannot pass up a a new one i i know i have 10 i don't need any more you mean varieties you have 10 varieties yes well, I discovered one last year. It was, and maybe you know about this too, the All-American Selections is yes. an organization that is is an independent ranking or rating of, of plants that are successful pretty much anywhere that anybody can grow. I mean, it's like plants for dummies. 
And for the first time ever in 2020, they announced the first ever coleus. And it was called Main Street Beale Street coleus. And it's a really deep burgundy. So I tried that last year and it was fantastic. I used it as kind of the base around my climbing roses and it just added such a punch of color. And it got really very, very big. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get any cuttings while well, I I, I don't know if it's maybe it's patented, so uh, I'm not sure. But I asked specifically if the um, the nursery here that would order that this year, so I can do that again, and the, and they are. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it is a, a really very nice one. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried that one, but you know I have varieties that are. I have some that are called under the sea, so that leaves are little tiny things, and you know many leaves on a stem. So how small? Like I mean. You know, because normally they can like be about a half inch or oh, fourth, so they're tiny, or fourth inch leaves. That's how big the the whole coleus leaves gets. Yeah, they're just full on the stem. And how? And then I have the big ones that um, I have one that I I got from a gal that was at the county fair, Lewis County Fair. About oh, it's got to be at least ten years. And we were cleaning out on the last day of the fair, and people were picking up their flowers and. She was walking, I was helping, and um, she was walking toward the place where you dump your old flowers and plants, and and she had this beautiful, she'd won a prize. She had a beautiful coleus, and I said, are you going to throw that away? And (laughs) she said, yeah, you want it? And I said, yeah. Yes, yes. So I took it. I, you know, she had her container, so she took that, so I, I... I took it. I didn't even put it in water till I got home. Just cut off the bottom, put it in water. I still have it. It's the most prolific uh, coleus you could find. Well, what color is it? It's kind of a red and green okay. mixture and okay. shaded. Oh, it's beautiful. And I've grown it every year. And it will probably get four and a half to five feet tall. And when it's small and I plant them out and I'm thinking, oh, I have this really big pot. I'll put three different coleus in there. <laughs> and this one always takes over and I can't Pushes even the other. find the other two. Right. And I... And I keep saying, I'm not going to plant anything with that one. But, you know, in the spring when they're it's small, so tiny. looks funny. And so every year it, it crowds it out. Now I've got a big, a huge, really burgundy red cash one that is like that, too. It deserves its own pot. Now, the one with the small leaves, I'm interested. How tall does that get, actually? It's got it the gets small about leaves. a foot and a half. Oh, so it gets it fairly. Mm-hmm. It gets branches. It's a little harder to start by a cutting. Sometimes I, I've had two, uh, but this year I I had good luck with it. You, I have had some I could not start that way. Yeah, that that they just don't have they a good. They, they won't root. Do, it. do you use rooting hormone when you? No, start? I don't. Okay, because I know some people say you should use rooting mm-hmm. hormone, which basically gives it a little bit extra to to form those roots. Yeah, I and some people start them right in in potting soil. They don't put it in water. I put it in water, but. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, it doesn't work when I put it in water. And I said, well, how long did you leave it in the water? Because I've felt I've left mine in the water a little too long, and then they have this really big clump of roots that are tiny white. And I think they have a hard time converting to their regular roots. I think that's what I've done wrong, because mm-hmm. I started a whole bunch and left them in water till they got these giant uh, clumps of, of yeah. roots on the bottom. Yeah. And then I put them in soil, and they just slowly died one by one, and yeah. I was so disappointed. Yeah. So, so how long do you leave them before you transfer them to, to soil? Well, it depends. But I, I put them in a bud vase, so in a clear bud vase, and so I can see when they get, you know, uh, Roots and I mean, are we talking little root hairs, like like a fourth of an inch, a little longer than that? Probably about an inch, 
Oh, okay. Inch and a half. Sometimes I forget. Well, or I have something else I want to do so I don't get them transplanted right away, but I have really good luck with that. And then what do you put them in? Do you put them in a, a potting mix of some sort? A potting soil. Okay. Yeah. Just a regular potting soil that I start all my plants in. Yeah. Sterile Hunabaya over the Menards or places like that. Do you have a garden you plant outside in, in the, the, like an outside container or in the ground? Always in containers. Do you do yours in containers? Yeah, I, I used to have a yard with two huge silver maples, one in the back and one in the front. So I had mostly shade. And so I've always done containers. I, I usually have these 50 to 75 how, containers. How does, okay, with vegetables though, see, I think a lot of people, I, I mean, I it's I have raised beds. So my raised beds are like four feet wide by eight feet long. So that's pretty pretty good size. But how big of a container, like, can, I mean, what kind of vegetables do you raise in containers successfully? Because it just seems like they're... You know, yeah, I don't raise too many vegetables because um, I have family members that have large gardens, and I just go out there. Named Harvey? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I always have a tomato. I like like a cherry tomato. So do you put and it in a, like a five-gallon bucket? Like a whiskey bucket? barrel. Oh, whiskey barrel. Okay. Yeah. And some marigolds around it. And why do you do the marigolds? Oh, well, some people think it's a good companion. Planting it, keeps away insects. But uh, I just like the color around it. I, I do the marigolds, too, because sometimes they repel, I think believe, too. Mm -hmm. They repel certain insects and, and things. But um, when you put them in barrels or containers like that, the one thing I found that you really have to be so careful about is to keep them watered because, you know, you have to have good drainage in the bottom. But if you don't keep them watered, um, plants like that really need a lot. And they'll, they'll, they don't, they aren't as good otherwise. And you have to keep moving them. I, I've got five different whiskey barrels around my house. What do you mean you keep moving them? Well, I only plant that one year in a whiskey barrel, and then oh, put rotating. in a different one. Oh, rotate, rotating. Rotating. I, I tomatoes. So you must leave your whiskey barrels in one place yes, then? Yes, Oh, okay. I stay there. See, I've done it in like five-gallon or bigger buckets, and then yeah. I just empty them. And I have done some other things like uh, a miniature uh, cucumber, uh, miniature... Um, oh senior moment <laughs> pepper oh okay yeah I know. many peppers yeah they grow fine and things like that but like a zucchini they just they get so big yeah they bend over your pot and they break this or, or they bend the break stems off right? i've had tomatoes that get so big they tip over the whole thing yeah too, unless you have to stake them yeah <laughs> tell me about the mini mini cucumbers i've seen those before are, what do you use those for are they for pickling are they are they I mean, it's like for eating just for know, eating salad. regular okay yeah okay and you were talking about the AAS, you know. The All-American Selection, right? Uh, I got a couple of flowers last year from a list that Morris, Minnesota has a garden down there. One for uh, big yellow duck marigolds and oh. uh, Magellan pink uh, zinnias. Okay. And they were really outstanding plants. Now, Magellan pink, how tall did they get? Are they like the bigger flowers or smaller flowers? They, they're a medium-sized flower and very... Um, Thick, almost like a chrysanthemum kind of thing. Chrysanthemum, Very okay. prolific. Okay. Um, the uh, marigolds, I planted, I have one uh, raised garden. Mm -hmm. uh, used to be a horse watering tank. The, the, the one that's called the duck marigold? Yeah. Is it an orangish one or yellowish? It's yellow. Okay. Or bright yellow. And how was that? Very good. And but the thing is, when I planted those marigolds, I planted also a couple of... Um, um, sunflower plants, mm -hmm. and for the first time ever, I had Japanese beetles. 
Oh, well, I don't know that that's correlation or not. I think that they're just moving into the neighborhoods because one year I had a couple, the next year a couple more. So I, I honestly think they're just moving into the area. Well, they loved those marigolds. What? Japanese beetles love yes. marigolds? I've never had them like oh, marigolds. Oh, they were just thick on those. Really? And then they ate all the leaves of the uh, sunflower plants. <laughs> okay, well. So I thought... I thought maybe it was the sunflower plants that brought them in. I don't know. But I've, I'm starting them again this year because I had seed left. And it's really nice to plant marigold seeds because they're big seeds, you know. Right, and they're easy. Yes. They're, they're, in fact, I would say if you want to do something and be successful, you've never done it. Marigold seeds or sunflower seeds are one that's pretty easy to be successful mm -hmm. at. Yeah. So I'm going to have some medium-sized pots this year with maybe single plants in them. Okay. All over the place. Okay, very good. Well, thank you. We're out of time, Norla. We've been talking with Norla Hess, one of our master gardener friends, um, and just about just different things related to gardening. She's been doing this for a long time, since she was probably barely able to walk, I bet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks three, again, Norla. Yeah, three, four years old. <laughs> Me too. Thanks, Norla, for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. All right, it is 10 o'clock. You're listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin. Online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking. Let's look at some